Hello, beautiful souls. Ah, welcome back to Fear It Goes, the sex series we're in. How much fun has this been so far? Really, actually, we're just, just barely touching on some of the good stuff. We're just, just getting into the better parts of the series. I kind of want to set you up with some premise. So today, our guest is Gaia Morissette. She is a holistic sexual wellness specialist making sex safe, making sex better, and helping you take it to the next level. I am so excited to have her on here, and she'll come up a couple times over this series. Cannot wait to share her with you. So without further ado, welcome to the sex series on Fear It Goes. Welcome to Fear It Goes, the podcast all about taking your fears with you and doing it anyway. I'm your host, Brandi Taylor. Hi, Gaia. It's so nice to have you on the podcast. Oh my God, I'm so excited to talk to you today. <laughs> Adventure. Adventure. So, Gaia is part of our six-part series on sex. And yes, we've had numerous conversations about whether or not there should be more than six parts. <laughs> because sex is such a fun topic. Oh my God, it's so fun and so troublesome. Well, not really. <laughs> not really. Um, not if you're doing it well and right. <laughs> and that's why we're here today. We're here to discuss some of the things that make life so much better. And okay. um, with that, I think that's a great lead into the discussion around um, sexual wellness and how we might aspire to, well, I don't know if aspire would be necessarily the right word, but um, to find that in our lives. Beautiful. Okay. So am I taking it from here now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm a holistic sexual wellness specialist. So my, my jam is all about sexual wellness. And often people come talk to me and they're like, well, what is sexual wellness? And what I've found is that there's five aspects to human sexuality. And the first, so I'm going to name the five and then we can dive in deeper into each one of those aspects. So the first one is play. The second one is sensuality. The third one is sexuality. The fourth one is exploration. And the fifth one is the sacred. Mm, I love these already. Aren't they juicy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Um, so often what I found, why I found these five aspects is because I kept having clients come see me and we kept having the same conversations and it just kept falling into these same categories no matter what we were doing. And so play, let's start with play. Play is where we feel safe. So when I used to work as a, I used to actually be a pottery and drumming teacher before I did this work full time. And I did that for like 15 years. And so I spent a lot of time with children, teaching children. And what I started to notice is that the children that felt safe were really good at playing and being creative. The children that didn't feel safe had a really hard time surrendering, risking, feeling like testing out the waters and, and being able to play. And so I started to notice that between that and adults, sexuality is just a continuation of our play, of our development. Oh, and so much of our adult life is just a continuation of our childhood. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it fills out in all areas. It does. And play in the bedroom is our, our playground of imagination, possibilities, all sorts of great things happen. But you need to feel safe in order to really, truly do that, to be able to really enjoy that and risk. So we spend a lot of time in the play department, okay, and all dealing with anything that is preventing you from really leaning into that to being things like, here's, here's a great what I mean by that. You're so worried about what you're going to look like when you're having an orgasm that you actually stop yourself from having an orgasm because you're afraid that the facial expression you're going to make is going to make you look stupid or silly. Really? 
Or wouldn't have thought that would be an issue, but. Or you're so afraid of what your body's going to look like. Yeah, I could see that that, one more. Right, that you're trying to control how your body moves while you're being able to have orgasmic possibility, which by the way, when you're trying to control your body, you can't have orgasmic bliss. (laughs) Just, they don't go together, right? That's just bad. Yeah, right? So, (laughs) so. And then also in that risking factor, in that play, in that imagination place, we really move into sex as adults a lot of times in this really like stern, serious space. Like it's like serious business. Like you're not allowed to laugh. It's not allowed to be fun. Don't talk. Don't don't talk. talk. Don't talk. Don't look. Don't Don't look. look. Ah. And all of those thoughts and feelings. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I do those things. Don't worry, you're not alone. That's part of our culture that we've been taught. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that is not feeling safe. So learning to drop into what it feels like to be safe is an important piece to be able to do that. What would be, okay, so an example of like, how would you... What would be a good way for someone to feel safe in that environment? Okay, so one thing that I I have this exercise that when I tell you about it, you're gonna be like, and people listening, like, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Love those. Bring it. But I promise it'll work, okay? So a big part of unless there's trauma. So if there's trauma then there's a whole other stuff going on there, right? And then if there's trauma, please reach out to somebody that specializes in helping you move through that trauma to heal that, okay? But if there isn't trauma and there's just self-conscious and self-awareness in this like insecurity stuff happening and like you're afraid you're gonna look at and what they're gonna think and blah, 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 and can't use your voice and all that kind of shit, then this exercise works really well. Called the wild turkey. So, new lover, current lover, old lover, doesn't matter. The way you approach this is to say, I really want to surrender and like have an epic sexual experience with you, but I'm feeling insecure in this moment. Will you do this exercise with me? (laughs) And usually our partners are like, oh, right, that sounds like we're going to get wild or freaky, sure. So you're gonna look at each other and you're gonna go like this. <laughs> you're gonna stand in front of each other and you're gonna do the wild turkey. <laughs> now, Brandy, do the wild turkey with me. <laughs> that is so funny. I really wish you guys could see this because it is hilarious what I am witnessing right now. <laughs> So funny. So funny. Okay. Can you do that? Do that. That's fantastic. When you're listening, pause for a second and do the wild turkey with us. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Do the wild turkey. All right. Love it. Now, when you do that, there's a whole bunch of things that are happening. Okay. So I'll explain why it's really important to do. One, When you do the wild turkey, let go of this expectation of being serious and you can giggle together with your partner. And now that you just wild turkey together, you don't really give a shit anymore about what your face looks like. And you really don't care about what your boobs are doing when you lay on this way. And whatever primal sounds that your body wants to make when you're having an orgasmic release, you don't care about those things anymore. They're all gone. In one moment of ripping off that Band-Aid, it's gone. Thank you, wild turkey. (laughs) Wild turkey, right? Wild turkey. That's right. Now, the second thing that helps is that it helps to open up your throat chakra. Mm. And when you're opening up your throat chakra is how you can communicate, which from a sexual standpoint, guess what? Very, very important to get your sexual needs met. Yes, because people cannot guess what we want, what we like, what we don't, or, and, and at no point should we ever be in an experience where it's like, well, I'll just muddle through this or I'll just, you know, suffer through this or I'll just whatever. No, 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 no. Use yeah. your voice. Use your yeah. voice. Yes. 
And it's really hard to use our voices when we're so afraid of the other person's reaction to it. Yep. And so when we do that wild turkey, both people are now on the same playing field. Or if you do the wild turkey and you're having group sex, do everybody do the wild turkey? I don't want to be... <laughs> moment okay so it's important right <laughs> so everybody do the wild turkey everybody's equal everybody can communicate it releases a lot of stuff super fun and it's fun it is fun it's really really fun it, it kind of also brings up that sense of play and silliness which then can bring into now the sex play that you're going to do i will say that was very fun when we did that and i couldn't help but laugh because you can't. When you're watching your partner, you can't help but laugh and you can't help but laugh when you're doing it. So it's a really lovely back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next on our five aspects, we got sensuality. I love it. <laughs> Sensory awakening. So in order to be a divine orgasmic being and having kick-ass rock and sex, you need to be able to drop into your senses, to pull out of your brain and drop into the body. If we're in the brain, we mm -hmm. aren't present in the moment completely. We aren't surrendering to the pleasure. We're not surrendering to the possibilities. We're not paying attention to our partners. Like we are so not present. We're thinking, 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 thinking. So learning to be a sensory being and being aware not only does that allow us to drop in when our heads are thinking and we're thinking in our, and it drops. So for, here's an example of being in your head. Your partner's going down on you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, I, what, I need to buy groceries and I got to pick up <laughs> and I got to think about, oh, fuck, I forgot the laundry and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so this is what's happening in your yeah. brain. And this is so typical of women. Yes. Oh my God. I don't, I wonder if this ever happens with men, but it's so typical that of women. Men drop into their brains in a different way, typically. So for men, it's all about, am I going to perform? Don't ejaculate too quickly. Right. Uh, so their thoughts are about, a lot of it is about performance is typically when they're drop when they're, they're not in their in bodies, their they're, they're in their heads. For women, it's typically their to-do list, the other things that they got going on, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Did I think I left the stove on? Uh, exactly. <laughs> I need to shower. <laughs> did, I, did I forget to pick up a kid somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> So learning to pra like practicing sensory awakening and awareness and mastery, what this does is it allows us to, when we are in se sexual activity, to drop out of the brain and into the body. The other part of that is, is that when we are typically, typically going through our, in our North American culture anyways, we are all brain. We're going through the day, we're doing our stuff, we got our list, we got our things, blah, blah, blah. We are not, we are missing all the pleasure possibilities in our day, all the little sensory pleasure moments, like drinking your coffee in the morning, having that shower and feeling the water run over your, over your body, smelling that soap as you put it on, walking outside and before, you know, between your house and your car and smelling the air, feeling the sun on your skin. All of these are pleasure sensory moments that you miss. That's very interesting. It's almost like we just take these things for granted. We do. We do take it for granted. We aren't aware of it. Yeah. So what the big major problem in the sex department is, is that we aren't in a, in a mild arousal state. All those pleasure sensory moments keeps right. us like happy and excited and, and attached to our bodies. And, and those are like mm, moments. And when we're no, we have no mm, moments throughout our day and all of a sudden our partner is like, Hey, I want to have sex. You got to go from zero to 60 because you're not in your body. You've been in your brain. You have to drop into your body. There has to be all this work that happens. You may, the I it takes a longer period of time to get there. You may not even fully get there and the sexual activity may be over by the time you actually get there. So the more 
aware you are of your sensory stuff during the day, the more, the closer your arousal levels are, your libido is, the higher your libido is, all these things are improved because of that. Right. Which would make sense because you're, again, it's awareness is everything with everything we do, whether it's awareness of thoughts, whether it's, well, awareness of thoughts and how this feels on my skin. Um, that sun feels so so wonderful. Or I love the way that the, like yesterday I'm out and there's a beautiful blue sky before the storm came in and beautiful blue sky and the green trees and the contrast is stunning. And I'm aware of this, but I could easily walk outside and just be outside, not, not really paying attention to any of these things. And those are incredible stimuluses that we get that we may or may not be aware of for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so that's the, the, the piece of, so, okay. So now an exercise for all of our listeners. All right. Ooh, so. Sensual exercise. I have a few of these too, but I probably shouldn't right. talk about them on this podcast. <laughs> so set, I call them sensory awakening. So you set your alarm to twice a day. And what you do is when the alarm goes off, you drop into one of the five senses. Smile, taste, touch, sight, hearing. Right. And you you drop into it for five to 30 seconds. Now, often what will happen is people are like, but it's going off when I'm in the middle of something. That's actually when you want to do it is when you're in the middle of something. Right. Right. While you're in the middle of a business meeting, there's no reason that you can't have one of those five sensory moments. And in that moment, you will find that you become more aware of your surroundings, more aware of what's happening. This, it heightens every possibility. Um, and then the more you do that, the easier it is when you are in the, you're now in bed or wherever you're having sex, sexy time. And next thing you know, you're like thinking and you're like, oh, wait, I'm going to drop into the sensory of touch. I'm going to feel all the feelings and the sensations that are happening in my body. I'm going to drop into all the sex sounds that I'm hearing right now. And I'm going to drop into that. I'm going to, I'm going to open my eyes and, and look at my, the contrast of my lover doing whatever my lover happens to be doing in that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Things will drop you out of your brain really quickly and into the body. So that's kind of the progression of that. It's funny because I find voice is one of those things I absolutely love and pay attention to the cadence in someone's voice. It can be so arousing and di- like not necessarily sexually, but it could be, could be, but there's so many things that you can gain just by listening to someone's voice. So I, I get what you're saying about the five senses and really being able to drop into any of them in any situation. Because even in a business meeting, there might be something in that voice that is soothing or, um, or that you find really comforting and beautiful or opening or connecting or yummy. <laughs> or you may see something in that business meeting that you've never noticed before. Right. You may hear things. You may hear things. That you didn't, you never noticed before. Right. You you may be able to taste your coffee and be more present in that moment while you're having that. You will be able to listen to the person who's better. Better. Yeah. When you communicate, you will communicate more efficiently because you will be more focused and more present in that moment. You could also be picking up on how your body is responding to the words that are being stated in front of you. So you're in that meeting and someone's saying something and your body is resonating those words. And you may be completely unaware of that. So that moment actually is a really great moment to say, yes, this feels like truth. No, this feels not like that. There's so many things that you can pick up yeah. in the moment. Yeah. Of, of awareness. Of awareness. And I think it's important before we go on to the next three, that I want to talk a little bit about pleasure. There's three pleasure. There's actually four types of pleasure. There is sensory pleasure, like what we're talking about now. Yep. There's emotional pleasure which is those things that bring you so much joy that you're like, oh my God, I just got to like ejaculate because I'm just so happy. (laughs) (laughs) 
gonna explode in a room. I'm gonna explode. Yep. And there's then, which leads us into orgasmic pleasure, which is a combination usually of either sensory pleasure, building, building, building to an orgasmic release, or emotional pleasure to an orgasmic release, or a combination of emotional and, and, and sensory pleasure to an orgasmic release. Mm, my favorite. <laughs> um, and then the fourth type is uh, chemically induced uh, pleasure, which I just need to mention because, you know, with chemicals and drugs and things like that, that's an mm. external stimulus that can create pleasure responses in your body. Right? Of course it can. Absolutely. Release so, of dopamines, um, endorphins, things like that. Yes. Right. Actually, so, we can get those even just from our lovely little phones. Mm-hmm. Hello, Facebook and social media and likes and I don't know, whatever else you might. So, no, when I'm talking about chemically induced, I'm not talking about there are natural bio, our natural releases of biochemicals in our body. I'm talking about like. Um, use of drugs. Use of external drugs like right. ecstasy, alcohol, other forms of, of stimuli that, that are being brought into the picture. Gambling would fall into that category. Gambling too, um, though, because that's a chemical release that's induced from ourselves. Would it not be? Because that's dopamines. Yeah. However, it's it's a it's a it's a something that you're doing to create that response. So yes, gambling is on, on the fence. It's on the edge. But a lot of addictive behaviors. Mm. Cre- so I, I would say that more in the realm of addictive behaviors fall. Into so I was that. saying, honestly. As much as that, I said the phone, and that sounds so, it's the exact same thing. There's massive, um, what happens with any of these Snapchats or or likes that are being given and things like that is you're getting a dopamine hit and that's the addictive behavior. So when we get dopamines regularly, we are truly like an addict seeking out the high of that dopamine. And when we don't have it, we don't feel okay, but that's not our okay level to begin with. Our, our standard or um, our base level is no longer accurate because we've yeah. just been constantly hitting dopamine, 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 dopamine. So now we seek it because we don't feel okay. And yeah. that is the addictive behavior. Maybe. So I, yeah. Okay. I so yeah. So when I talk about pleasure, unless I'm talking about orgasmic pleasure, Right. I'm, I'm, I'm not taught. I'm very specific on those things. So I just wanted to ad- identify those. So our sensory pleasure, our emotional pleasure and our orgasmic pleasure. I mentioned the chemically induced pleasure cause it's a thing, but it's not one that I highly recommend because there's short term and long term side effects that uh, will make it challenging for you to actually be able to produce those biochemical responses naturally in your own body by engaging and connecting and having intimacy and, and things like that with people. Right. All right. So sex, we're into our sex part. All right. Sexuality aspect number three. So sex, (laughs) so sex is about ultimately surrendering to all of the sensory pleasure to allow yourself to have orgasmic pleasure. So orgasmic pleasure exists as a byproduct of the other pleasures that we talked about. Right. It's not the goal. So in that realm of that aspect, I spend a lot of time with clients letting go of the expectation of orgasm being the goal for any sexual interaction. Right. Pleasure becomes the goal of any sexual interaction and orgasm is the happy byproduct of that. This is where edging comes in. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that's for our other conversation. Yes, it is. <laughs> we'll talk about this on a further podcast. Yeah, we'll get into a, a lot more detail on yes. some very juicy things. Yeah, yes. I agree. <laughs> so, so that's all about the surrendering and allowing the pleasure to build and build and build and then releasing your orgasmic possibilities. It's also where we start to really develop our ability to let go and allow instead of forcing and making things happen. So there's okay sex. Well, there's bad sex. Oh, there's there's bad sex. sex. And then there's epic mind-blowing sex. That's right. (laughs) Right? Now, 
Bad sex lives in the realm of making, enforcing, and controlling the narrative. That's where bad sex lives. And, and no communication and no fun and no and people are just going through the motions. It becomes mechanical. Mechanical and people yeah. have a move and it's the move that they use once and they're always using that same move and all these kind of things, okay? So those are the, that's the bad sex realm. The okay sex means that, you know, everybody kind of got off. Like they had like a, a little baby orgasm. Maybe what they think is an orgasm. Yeah. Orgasm, right? And so that's where that lives. But in order to get to the realms of epic and mind blowing, you actually need to drop into being able to surrender to the process and surrender to all the orgasmic pleasure possibilities and allowing it to build and build and build and let go of the outcome and the goal orientation of it that's where we live in that in that realm it's uh it's funny i'm listening to you and i'm thinking like there's such a correlation but i i really do believe okay let me back up for a second there's such a correlation between sexuality and um and the rest of us but i do believe that that is a very big element of who we are and there are five elements and sexuality is one of them and we can't suppress it and when we do it's harmful to us in so many ways because it's a flow of part of us. Um, but just thinking about being able to surrender, being able to surrender in our lives, whether it's through sex, whether it's through an experience, whether it's through pain that we're experiencing, we need, this is a need for us. We need to learn how to be able to surrender because in those moments, when we, in those moments when we do surrender, we benefit tenfold from the fight, the resistance that we have put up so often in our lives that makes everything a struggle. Mm -hmm. So surrendering allows us to really benefit and move forward and experience mind-blowing life. Yes. Right? Regardless of whether it's through a sexual experience, a physical experience, a mental, emotional, or spiritual it's mind-blowing when we do surrender yes which in order to surrender that's uh, brings it back to the play which is safety feeling in safe order, is a big deal and is being able to that's that's the key ingredient in order to allowing ourselves to let go and surrender if the reason that we take control and we are control freaks and we want to control the narrative is because we don't feel safe which is a primal need the feeling of safety it's a primal need mm -hmm. it makes me wonder too if it's one of those um i think that there's pillars of who we are and one of them is i feel like i'm enough i feel like i'm loved and i feel like i'm worthy and in that space of sexuality how how does that relate into our ability to surrender and let go and be playful and trust. And when we're holding on to, I don't feel like I'm worthy of this, or I don't feel like I'm enough. Therefore. Well, yeah. And, and I, that always comes back to feeling inferior and not good enough, not lovable, which makes us feel unsafe in the world. So for, for a lot of it comes right back down to that whole safety perspective. What does that look like for each one of us? How do we get to that place of, I am solid in who I am, in this trusting of who I am. I love who I am unconditionally and accept it. And mm. I, I trust that I can make the right decisions that's going to best serve me. When we drop into those places and we can really feel that, then that's what safety is. And it's not an external, it's not about the external things around us, it's about the internal within us. And so when we drop into that place of that learning and healing and releasing and letting go, all that stuff so that we can be like, I trust who I am, I trust in my abilities, I trust that I can handle anything. When you drop into that, that's the game changer. It's also us knowing that we are seeking through ourselves, not through others, right? So when 
I'm in an experience, when you're in an experience, when someone is in a sexual experience, they're not seeking that validation or whatever through somebody else. They're good with themselves first. Yeah. yeah. Which I'll circle back once I do the other two, I'll circle back to that conversation about the importance of our own hot, wild, crazy sex, complete life with ourselves yeah. and how that shows up within our ability to be uh, epic lovers in with others. Awesome. So, uh, okay. So that's sexuality. So then exploration, which on a personal level, I shouldn't have favorites, but this is my favorite. <laughs> exploration this is where we go from like vanilla sex to what we really desire so we got kink we got alternative lifestyles we got swinging from the chandeliers we got <laughs> all sorts of freaky shit this is where this lives okay and the beautiful thing about this state of exploration is that one you get to really deeply explore your truth of who you are and what truly, what your true desires are. Not what society says. Like you Not through an influence. influence. Not from everyone no. else. It's all about your own, figuring out your own natural, healthy progression of human sexuality. And it doesn't mean that you will go all the way on any spectrum. You could be very happy and vanilla and that is truly who you are. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's who you are. Yes. However, I'm just going to say this. <laughs> My experience true in, in what I do for a living and what I yep. see that when you heal those places of influence, Yep. And shame and guilt. Shame and guilt and mm -hmm. trauma and all those things. Who we are as a sexual being cannot stay in the vanilla. <laughs> yes, because we become adventurous and exploratory and curious and like children. Like children. Constantly seeking out more information and wonder in the experience. Yes. Yeah. So, so I say that, that my experience is that if you heal that stuff, you, you have no choice other than to become an explorer. And once you start to explore, you can't help yourself and you just continue that adventure. So awesome. So this is also a really good phase or aspect in which we start to really build our communication skills not only of knowing of ourselves, but now communicating those needs to others. And this is where deep intimacy really gets built within partnerships, within relationships with others. Because when you understand who you are, you've come to terms with who you are, and you go on an adventure with somebody else, there's, there's this deep, deep knowing and this deep, deep trust that is built in that space that does mm -hmm. not exist in vanilla. It doesn't, right. and it also really doesn't exist in like normal kind of world. It's like it, it, you need to go into that vulnerability with a partner, and that happens in the realm of exploration, right? Right, and surrender, and surrender, <laughs> and communication. Yep. Right, and so I always say this: if you can tell your partner and have a conversation about. Honey, I'd really like you to spank me with a rubber chicken while wearing a tutu. <laughs> have that conversation with your partner, then you can talk to your partner about anything. Finances, the future, retirement, your will, your child rearing. You can have a conversation about anything when you can learn to navigate those right. things deep desires, which are the deepest parts of ourselves, the most vulnerable parts of ourselves. And we can have that conversation. We can talk about anything after that. That's a, I had never thought of it from that perspective, but it's so true because in vulnerability, that's where we find the connection and the, and again, the innate ability to be able to really communicate about anything without fear. 
it's in our vulnerabilities with each other. And those are moments of vulnerable when you're dressed in a tutu, spanking someone with a freaking rubber chicken. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So, yeah, so that's what happens in that aspect, which is really, really important part of our own development and our well, our, our sexual wellness. And then the fifth aspect is the sacred. This is where we learn to drop into sacred sexual practices. So you have Tantra, you have Taoism, you have many sacred sexual practices all around the world, um, you know, sexual magic, all these things. It's the concept, fundamentally, it's the concept that sexual energy is the equivalent, it's the same thing as life force energy, creation. Yes, energy. it is. And when you're able to understand that, move in that, harness that, create that, you can focus that into all aspects of your life, not only from a physiological benefit, but also emotional, spiritual, psychological, as well as for the greater good of the universe, being able to see divine. There's all sorts of awesome things that happen in that realm. But, and this is really, really important, and anybody who doesn't tell you this is fucking lying to you. <laughs> okay you must clear out and look at those scary dark uncomfortable places you yes. don't get you don't get to see god and have enlightenment without embracing all that it means to be human yes and so if you're like being sold this bill of goods of, and I like to call it the bliss bunny syndrome, that you're basically going to be able to be like, I'm going to be all enlightened and have blissed out and I'm going to be orgasmic all the time and, and I'm going to see divine and God, and, but I'm not going to deal with my fear of, or my insecurities or my fear of failure or all these things. Guess what? The roots, the, roots, the core yeah. thing. You need to be able to heal those, work through them, look at them heal them, release them and move through it in order to be able to be able to be in those higher states of consciousness. I couldn't agree with you more. I had that experience. I've had that experience a few times, but um, last year was my big one. <laughs> um, true enlightenment hit with a hundred percent understanding of what that is, what it means and what we are. And you do not get to that level of understanding without dealing with traumas, um, the darker sides of our childhoods and what it's the residues it's left in our lives and how it carries forward into patterning and it carries forward into patterning and all those roots are based there. And then you have the cascading effect throughout your whole life of experiences that all stem from the beginning. So when you learn those and you learn to release those, life is mind blowing. It is. But you can't, like you said, you can't get there. You can't. No. Unless you, unless you do that work. And anybody but I will say this. I will say this. If there's one thing, and this is why I designed the program I did, this is why Align Now came after I had, I don't, after I, I was awakened last year, um, it came into play because this is a misconception. People think they need to relive traumas over and over and over again to be able to release them. And that's not true. That's not true. And actually, it's actually more damaging. And what it's doing is it's just enforcing the neural pathways in your brain, which are holding onto it to begin with. You don't want that. You want to know the root, but you certainly don't want to relive it. And because for us to be able to release, whether it's, well, actually, you're going to release it in two ways. For us to be able to release it both mentally, emotionally, and physically, I guess that's three ways. Um, <clears throat> you there's there's some steps to that but honestly it's not about reliving it 50,000 times and i'm not going to bash talk therapy um some people find that very helpful and some people get through things quite quickly that way and others do not because they get stuck in the reliving so just know that there's other options to release serious traumas in life that do not require you to constantly rehash it and emotionally experience it again and again and again, because that's really unhealthy for us. And then we don't get to have the crazy awesome sex and the crazy awesome everything that is us. Yeah. yeah. And I concur in the work that I do, I work the same way. It's, yeah. it, it's about let's clear this out, move through it. You don't have to relive it. Yeah. Staying stuck in that place is not actually helping us move through it. It's reinforcing 
it's all it's just reinforces and yes and it creates more trauma yep while you're healing of the trauma so yes i concur 100 percent on that okay so let's come back to the one thing we had talked about around sex with ourselves and coming Whoa. into let's come into the let's come into the bedroom being full complete sexual beings and not broken and half and expecting somebody else to gratify us that's right so one of the things that my my tantra teacher actually taught me was that no one is responsible for your sexual gratification just you <laughs> yeah but no one's and, responsible for your happy for your happiness yeah. but you it's not someone yeah. else yes yeah. Same. and i re <laughs> and i remember when she told me this concept i was like well that's really freeing and liberating and then over the years i've had many uh interesting conversations with people because mm -hmm. we've actually been programmed and trained. Oh, very much so. <laughs> yes, we have. So we've been taught that it's your responsibility to get me off. It's your responsibility to for me to have a good sex life. It's your fault, your responsibility, your fault, your responsibility. Okay, so but that's that whole concept of, but you complete me. You don't complete me, I complete me. <laughs> it's right, right? And we have been trained and it's constantly bombarding us every single day in music, in media, in billboards, in conversations with people that we, we have on a daily basis, we are experiencing this enforced idea that it comes through somebody else, or we will be happy, or we'll be pleasured, or we'll be whatever. We'll gain that through somebody else. But really, it's not about somebody else at all. It's about us. It's completely about us. Life begins for us. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> yes, this concept that you complete me. It's a very unhealthy, not sexy, uh, gag-worthy belief system because what this does is sets you up for continual failure. There yep. is no success. No one can fulfill that need. No one can... Uh, well, they can, but temporarily, and then you're depleted again, and then you're seeking it out again and again. And it's almost like the dopamine hit. You never are fully complete, ever. When you speak it that way. But I would even say, I would even go as far as saying that even in that moment, you're not complete. Because the part of you that believes that you are not complete yeah. isn't actually allowing you to be complete. To be complete. So, even, yeah. so, so basically, that person, no matter how awesome they are, they're always going to do it wrong. Well, and in the end, no matter what, we, we will put them on this pedestal. They will seem like this perfect thing, and then they won't. And then there's yes. such a disappointment to us yes. and we build these resentments and because we put this expectation on someone else to make us whole. Yes. Which is impossible. Yes, Which I agree. So, all right. How do we fix this? <clears throat> well, let's start by having a hot, wild, crazy sex life with yourself. <laughs> That's how we start that because when we know who we are, and what we love <laughs> and what turns us on, then we can go and we can communicate and we can ask for those needs to be met by somebody else. And they have the opportunity to say, yes, I would totally enjoy doing that. Or no, or I wouldn't, and that's okay too. And no, I wouldn't, and that's all right as well. So, but you can't do that if you don't know what turns you on. You can't do that if you don't know what you like. You can't ask or guide somebody to help achieve the most optimum pleasure that's possible in your body if you don't know what that is. So the first part of this practice of what I do is pretty much every client that ever comes and sees me, the first thing we always do is like, let's, let's get in your hot with yourself. <laughs> let's build your hot sex life let's with yourself. Let's talk about you. <laughs> and learning about what turns you on. It's also the opportunity to awaken your spank bank, which is what I like to call our Rolodex of fantasies. It's in this 
place of play and imagination that we feel safe to explore different possibilities, different concepts, different ideologies that we societally might have said, this is bad, wrong, blah, 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 you know, dirty, all this shit. That right. Oh my God, I'd be a whore if I did that. Who determines yes. you would be a whore? Yes. Who determined that? And at what point does that make you a whore? <laughs> Unless well, you believe it. Well, and then there's this thing of, well, what's wrong with being a whore? <laughs> That's right. Like, <laughs> there's so many questions that arise from these ridiculous beliefs that have yes. been imposed. Yes. Exactly. Right? Which leads us into a whole different conversation about slut shaming. And Which we'll talk about in the next one. <laughs> right? Exactly. So, so it's time to discover what you like in your body. How do you like to be touched? What sensations do you like to be touched? And also to move away from the genitals. Right? Mm. If you've had an orgasm already, you probably already have, you have your orgasmic pattern. You already know how to get yourself off in that particular exact same way. Right. Same location, same position, same body position, same thoughts. It's, it's, it's systematic, right? Now it's time to go as an adventurer on how can you wake up the rest of your body? How can you wake up all the other herogenous zones that exist in the rest of you? you did you know? that you can have an armpit gasm and a knee gasm and a toe gasm. You can with your hands too. Yes. Your whole, the, your whole body has all these wonderful herogenous zones, which are clusters of nerve endings that are close to the surface. And so when you awaken them, they can have an orgasmic release that will be can be localized just in that spot, or it can be if you've anchored and learned how to do this, you can also be anchored in that uh, localized spot as well as your genitals can show up to the party at the same time. And then you can have full body orgasms, right? There's so many orgasmic possibilities to be had, but the only way that you can have them is if you start to learn what they are with yourself without the fear, the judgment, the all of the trust issues, all the things that come when we have relationships with other people. So when we have that within ourselves, then we can go and share those insights with others. But they're not responsible. If you're going to lay on the bed and be like, all right, I want you to tell me what my body likes. I, gotta t I, want, I, I need you to get me off. <laughs> well, guess what? You're going to be highly disappointed because the truth is, is that even if your lover is kick ass, you haven't explored those possibilities. You haven't allowed yourself to have be open to those possibilities. So unless they do it magically, exactly like you do it every time you get off, you're not going to get off in that experience. And you're also missing out on all of the other parts of your body, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And all the other pleasure, orgasmic pleasure possibilities. Can you imagine, so I'm saying this really to the audience, can you imagine what it's like when you know what that feeling on your arm does to you and how that builds the sensation and how that links to that touch on your side or the brush across your collarbone or the nibble on your ear, whatever it is, all these things contribute to something so much bigger than just a genital stimulation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my God, yes. And I, this, this is those opportunities you get to experience on your own first. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is so important because once you experience it on your own, then you can share it with the chosen people that are worthy of you sharing that with. Right. Right. And then you get to actually teach somebody about what you desire and what you want and what you like. And then you get to be on the receiving end of giving permission to your lover to do the same thing for your lover to say, let me show you how I like my body touched. Mm -hmm. And you get to have this really hot, sexy voyeur exhibitionist moment where you get to watch your lover please themselves and you're learning all about how they like to do it and you get to watch it. And then you get to be on the receiving end of that where you get to, you know, share, share and show your lover how you like to be touched and what turns you on. And 
it also takes the expectation and the pressure and the performance anxiety out of the picture. Right. And now your partner isn't like trying to guess and read your mind what you like, what you don't like. How am I, am I doing it right? Am I not doing it right? Do you, what is or happening? Or read your right? body. Yes. Yeah, read, right. And or maybe misread it. <laughs> misread it. Are you asleep up there? What's happening? Like all of these <laughs> Are you in your head right now? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's really, really important. That's a key, key piece of that sexual wellness. And, and, and to bring it all back together, being a holistic sexual wellness being is about how who you are as a sexual ability, a sexual being affects your mind, body, and spirit. And who you are as mind, body, and spirit affects who you are as a sexual being. It's like Absolutely. Brandy. It's so crucial that you, your sexual being, affects every aspect of the rest of your life. And it's more than just having an orgasmic experience. It's about having an orgasmic life, which is filled with the best version of everything that is That open, is you. That is you, that you are open to receiving yep. and experiencing. So that's why it's worth going through that adventure and diving into those places that may be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, Only in the beginning. The, Only, Only in the, the beginning. beginning. <laughs> Only in the beginning. Afterwards, it's like, I can't believe super it. Super fun. It's like super fun. And you're like, wow, I have all these superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And it's so true because in the beginning, you're fighting through because you are. It's like any other, it's like any other piece of mindset that is we're fighting through the influences that are so ingrained. They are now our belief systems and they're not really our belief systems. They're things no. that we have adapted as our belief systems. So I believe that this is dirty. I believe that I shouldn't do this. I believe that I shouldn't touch myself this way because that's wrong. Why is it wrong? What makes it wrong? So once we get past those barriers, life transforms life oh, yeah. on all levels transforms because we start you, you might do this, you might do this on a trauma experience. You might do this through a sexual experience or a sexual belief system. Whatever belief system you start to challenge and move through, it will evolve through the rest of your life and all the other beliefs you carry that aren't serving you, that are harming you, that are holding you, that are stagnating you. Yeah. And no one wants to live a life as a bystander in their own life. Be a participant, get dirty, get crazy, get sexual, get fun, get exploratory, get experimental, get curious, discover wonder, be a child. It's amazing what we experience in life when we open up and we challenge the belief systems that are really not beneficial to us. And yeah. a lot of them are tied sexually. And they aren't ours. This is and they the, aren't is, ours. <laughs> that's the important part. Is that they were yeah. never ours in the first place. They were superimposed by others. So you're because, because it helped control. It helped control. But I also think because they carried whatever it served them for their survival. In that just, time. In that time. Yeah. So that and then it perpetuates over and over and over again. And Generation, the only way yeah. that we break that is for looking at one of those one of those things and be like this isn't mine this isn't mine how this does this fit mine. with me i don't nope. like this it doesn't it doesn't benefit my life then really start to address it and when it comes to sexual standpoints and the belief systems we have around sex which we'll talk about actually in the next one too i think we'll talk about that or maybe we won't maybe it'll just be the one that i talk about but um our, our belief systems around sex really changed when, when we started owning land, when we had the need to stay together, to rear children in a very specific way. And religion came in and there were a lot of dynamics that brought in our belief systems around sexuality and why we stay with one person, why we do certain things, why we suppress in certain ways. And yes. they were needed in that time but uh, we've changed we've evolved we've seen thousands of years of evolution and i find that most of the constructs that were built at that time have not evolved 
and have not seen the changes or the light brought to them for us to really address them and say, does this work for me or does this not? Does this fit in my life? Does this not? Does this benefit me or does it not? Does it hurt me? And that's the biggest question is, does it hurt me? And for some, they will say no. And for some, they will say yes. And I think the other part of that, just that little piece is that when we are born, if you spend any time with children, yep. <laughs> children have no shame, no guilt, no apology. No. For oh my pleasure, God. Pleasure is wonderful. Pleasure is natural. They rub themselves all over the place. Yeah. When a little boy finds his penis. Oh my God. Like nonstop. Boys are hilarious yeah. like that. And, right? and it's awesome actually to just yeah. be like, okay, so you can do that all you want. Cause I have two boys. You can do that all you want there are certain things that should not be done in public or at least yeah. not in front of a whole bunch of other people in a setting like this where it's non-consensual. <laughs> exactly. Right? It can it's be not, what public. Doing, not, not what you're doing is wrong. That's right. It's, That's it's right. about what other people's comfort level is in that scenario, right? Well, it's about everybody agreeing to what you're doing in that doing space or not. not. Exactly. Right. And little girls start rubbing themselves up against everything. They started humping the couch, the arms, they're rubbing up themselves against everything because it feels good and, and there's yeah. no judgment in it. So the, our shame and our guilt and our judgments around how we're yep. supposed to be sexually is actually not ours. We it's do taught. not come. It is completely taught to us. We come in as these perfect little horny, yes, pleasure-seeking <laughs> beings that just want pleasure and experience pleasure and experience. And, yep. and experience it. That's it. And explore. That's, that's, that's how we come into this world. So um, all of our stuff isn't ours. <laughs> and, yep. and so there's a lot of freedom once you get to that place that you can start to clear that stuff out and release those places. Yes. Um, I 100% agree. We come as these perfect, pure little beings and then life happens <laughs> and then people happen with us and we build up these belief systems. Again, some of them benefit and some of them don't. And it's a matter of looking at those and addressing those as adults and saying, this serves me, this doesn't. And also addressing the moments in our lives that really dictate who we become or who we become as adults. Right. Yes. Yeah. I All couldn't right. agree more. Little boys and little girls are so funny when they're like when they're within their first five years, the things that they will do. And the sad part is as parents, and I know because I'm a parent of two boys and I just said that, <laughs> um, like I have had these conversations with my boys, but I, I really don't believe in shaming anything around sex. I, I want them to feel grateful and happy and ex and have fun with that um, and excited about that. So we just discuss this is um, a totally normal behavior or you can do this and enjoy this, but just understand that there are certain environments that that's appropriate in and there are certain environments that is not. And instead of saying, no, Tommy, no, Susie, don't do that. That's wrong because then we're shaming and guilting them and telling them that this experience is wrong. And that's the last thing we want to do as parents. So to any parents out there listening that have kids really think about the way that you address your children with sexuality, because this is a big part of who we are and we don't want to feel shame. And I can tell you that pretty much all of my clients come to me because a major reason behind that is parental shame. Yep. got caught masturbating. That's a common, common, common thing that creates yep. a huge resistance for the rest of their sexuality and their sexual development. Yep. So it's really, really important how we address it. Even if you feel panicky within yourself because of your own stuff, because that's what happens. We kind of react. We come to that place of reaction. Yep. Um, you know, I always suggest to parents, take a deep breath, walk away for a moment, take a deep breath and be like, okay, now come back to it and have a conversation because even if you say the words 
that it's okay, but you're moving from this place of uh, anxiety and stress and, right. and trauma within yourself about it, you're triggered in that moment, that energy will come through the tone in the words that you're using, yep. which will imprint in your child that what they're doing is bad, dirty, and wrong. So one thing that I noticed when it... I was just going to say, even if you don't say those words, right. if you are feeling that because of your own reaction, right. that is what will come through. Of course, because kids pick up the energies. So I, I think this is really important to address too, is when we are experiencing a decision, whether it is like about sex or, or anything really in our lives, our decisions are quite simple. They're a yes or a no. It shouldn't be like a, a really horrible attachment to the, I want to try that or I don't want to try that from a sexual basis. I think it's just more a matter of, yeah, I think that sounds fun or I'm curious about that um, instead of a, oh, that, that feels wrong or because that's an, that's an influence. It's a belief system that's been enforced or it's a shame. Okay. From a arousal standpoint though. I think we'll revisit that in our next conversation <laughs> um, because that, that's, oh, I can... all, that's all intertwined in our arousal response stuff going on. Right. Like there's things that I look at and I think, no, I don't like that doesn't interest me. I don't want to do that, but I don't have like this crazy emotional tie to it either. That's like, oh my God, I can't do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're going to talk more about that though. Cause there's, uh, there's, there's, there's stuff there that, there's stuff, so here's, no, we'll get into that, not, okay. not this time, not this time. Okay. <laughs> Write that down because we do need to talk about that because that's an important discussion. Um, because I have now gotten to the point with many things in life where I understand the attachment or the detachment from the decision-making process. Like where, where I'm making the decision from, am I making it from a, from a belief system and influence, a, a lower grade emotion, or am I making this from a true state of, nope, this works with me or no, it doesn't, or it aligns with me or it doesn't. So I really want to venture into that conversation. Later. Yeah. <laughs> that, that there's a, normally I would completely 100% be on that on mm. board with that in all other aspects. But with sexuality, there's this weird little thing that happens. So we'll explore that. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to. I can't wait to. Please write that down. <laughs> I, did. I did. Awesome. Okay. okay. All right. So let's end this conversation because we can just keep talking and talking and talking. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to talk about sex all day? <laughs> well, that's why I do my job. I love my job. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. I could talk about sex all day. We should do a podcast. <laughs> Um, okay. So can I give how people can find more? Yes, absolutely. How can people find you? All right. So the best way to find me is at, uh, succulentliving.com. Say that again. At what? At succulentliving.com. Okay. With two C's. Um, you can find me on social media under Gaia Morissette. And you can listen to my juicy new podcast called My Orgasmic Life. I love it. I love it. I haven't heard your podcast yet. Damn it. I got to get on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just recently launched. So it's like three weeks in. So, you know, we're, we're it's, uh, but it's going lovely. It's lots of fun. <laughs> I can imagine. I love it. Your orgasmic life. Because life is meant to be orgasmic. Life is meant to be lived and enjoyed and adventured. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. thanks. Thanks for having me on. And I can't wait till our next juicy conversation. Oh, I can't wait till that one either. So in our next conversation, we are going to talk about BDSM and what that really means inside, a, inside the community and a lot of the myths and misunderstandings around what it is and how, how we can utilize things within it to really expand ourselves. So I'm super excited. Yeah. Yeah. And that to really understand that BDSM happens in your everyday life. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> and how it's not always about swinging from the chandeliers and the extreme. It's, it's actually a lot about the subtleties. 
And so we'll, we'll dive into the logistics around all of that. Remember that word I kept using? Surrender, surrender, <laughs> surrender. We're going to talk a lot about that <laughs> in that conversation about how yep. now it actually plays itself out. Yes. And it's extremely important. Yeah. yeah. And very fun. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Can't wait till our next conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Right. Bye, sweetheart. <laughs> and as you can tell, it's always fun with Gaia. So, my beautiful peeps, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And into next week, we will be discussing more long-term relationships and things you can do to kind of spice things up in the bedroom or bring back the desires that really help the relationship. Our guest is Dr. Trina Reed, and I'm super excited to bring her into our lovely community here at Fear It Goes. Until next week, my beautiful peeps, have an absolutely extraordinary week. <laughs>